You're listening to the Make Life Epic Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Make Life Epic Podcast. This is Jim Simcoe. Hope you're doing fantastic. It's a wonderful day down here in San Diego. Today, we have a very special guest, Jennifer Kopiak, who's here calling in from Bend, Oregon. How you doing, Jen? Hi, I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You kidding me? You're like my most popular guest. Everybody loves you. So it was like, <laughs> hey, we need to put Jen back on. Maybe you should have Jen do the show and you should take a back seat and let her do the whole thing. No. <laughs> we'll talk about that a different day. <laughs> How's things, how are things up in Bend? They're going really well. Yeah, yeah, it's spring up here. So that means, you know, it's 80 degrees right now, but it could be snowing in an hour. So. Oh, cool. Very cool. <laughs> Well, it's a really exciting time of year up here. <laughs> well, when we come to visit in a few weeks, it would be great if there was no snow. Okay, I'll see if I can arrange if you that. Arrange that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, all right. So, it's our topic today, and in the gent, you know, for those of you who are listening um, for the very first time, Jen Kopiak is one of my best friends. I love her. Her family and our families are very, very close. We're actually going. Uh, camping in tree houses in a treehouse fort with them in a few weeks, which we'll take some pictures and I'll post that online. But anyway, so the topic today is really about dealing with social anxiety. And it's one that I've read a lot about recently and have some experience in. And, uh, and it just really like, what does it mean to be an introvert? What does it mean to be, be socially anxious in certain situations? And, and, and really how do you combat some of that things? And, and just realizing that, Hey, we're all kind of going through the same thing. And because Jen is one of my smartest friends and is 10 times smarter than I am, <laughs> I figured we'd have her on the show since uh, since uh, this is a topic that um, you know she'd probably help with. So thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. And I wouldn't say that I'm smarter than you. It just happened to be Most an introvert. And the, I'm the, when you look up introvert in the dictionary, you'll see my picture. Really? And um, I also have a lot of social anxiety. So something I can speak to from a very personal place. Okay, so can you talk? So let's get right in. So can you talk a little bit about that? So you know, you say you have social anxiety. What does that really mean for you? Like, can you give us give me a couple examples? Like, what does that what does that look like in your life? Well, for me, it means say we're getting ready to go to a party where I know there's going to be a lot of people, and maybe I don't know know everyone very well. My anxiety comes from having to make small talk. First of all. Um, and I don't know if this is true for every person who tends towards introversion, but small talk is excruciating for me. Really? It's, I have, I, I enjoy talking with people and I enjoy talking with people one-on-one, but to actually be in a big group and have to approach someone and strike up a conversation, it's just excruciating. It's, um, and I can't put my finger on exactly why that is, but it's, I have, I overthink like what I'm going to ask them, how it's coming off, um, how it will be received, um, that kind of thing. So, so there's that piece, this like anxiety about having to make small talk. I'm really uncomfortable making small talk. I'd rather be sitting with one or two other people having a meaningful conversation, um, really getting to know them than just talking about the weather and the, you know, so, <laughs> the, the small talk surface stuff. Um, so there's that piece of it. And then another piece of the anxiety comes from knowing how exhausting it's going to be. So I would say this is probably true for most introverts and it kind of defines an introvert is that in a situation where we're around a lot of people and a lot of commotion, it's draining. It's physically and emotionally draining and in what way uh, do you feel it in your body or you just is it just the dread of like oh shit i have to go to this party and i'm gonna have to talk to people no it's not that because i I actually love to talk to people and i love to be around people and meet new people it's just that it's physically it's not like my body feels tired afterwards my brain feels tired afterwards i feel really overstimulated i just feel totally zapped and um, so if I know I'm going into a situation like that, then I have to be really conscious about what I do beforehand and what I do afterwards. So beforehand, I might spend a lot of time in nature, even just go for a walk or make sure I have some time to myself 
beforehand to kind of like build myself up to be around a lot of people. Um, and another thing, one other part of it is that I'm really sensitive to kind of what's going on in the room, like how other people are feeling, what the dynamic is of the group, if there's some discomfort. And so it's just a lot to take in when you walk into a room and you just notice everything and you're like, I'll look around and I'm like, well, that couple doesn't seem to be getting along. <laughs> what's going on with them? And, um, oh you know, it's like that's, that's running through my head at the same time. I'm trying to make small talk with people I don't know. And um, so the anxiety comes from anticipating all of this. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Now, do you find that you're once you're in the room, is it, do you get, is it a little bit better or is it, do you ever have moments where, you, where you're like, wow, this isn't as bad as I thought? Or if you, or are you just like, oh man, this just sucks. <laughs> well, a little bit of both. I would say the anxiety goes away once I'm in the situation because then I'm not anticipating it so much. It's just like, well, here I am and I'm going to find someone to talk to. Typically what I end up doing is just finding one person that I can connect with and, chatting with that person most of the time and then there's not you kind of get beyond the small talk and so I don't feel as much pressure um so I can be in that situation and feel at ease but usually after an hour or so I'm starting to feel really tired and um so if the if the gathering is outside that's helpful for me if it's not then a lot of times what I'll do is just go outside and mm-hmm. where I feel like I can breathe a little bit. And, um, wow. yeah, it's different. This is probably different for you to be hearing this because you seem very extroverted and you, every time I've seen you around any number of people, you just seem so comfortable and at ease and like you could talk to anybody about anything. Thank you for saying that. It, it's what's, what's, and I appreciate that. It's really, that means a lot coming from you. Um, what's interesting about it. So I started to think, I was thinking about this earlier, knowing that we we're going to do this podcast. And I was thinking about, okay, well, I know I felt social anxiety before, you know, when have I felt it? And I was thinking about a couple, you know, there, I came up with three examples and I think that each person has kind of like these situations that they go into that, you know, when I look at my examples, I think, wow, this just sounds really crazy. And so, and so like insignificant, I can't believe these are big deals to me, but they are like, you know, so like anytime I've ever gone into a yoga class and God knows mm-hmm. I don't do a ton of yoga because I'm not super flexible and, and, but just walking into a yoga class is really intimidating for me. And I have a ton of social anxiety in that situation because I'm like, Oh God, I'm going to be the worst person in here. And I know it's not supposed to be like competitive and we're all here to just like, you know, hang out and do yoga and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of a competitive person. So that, that like walking into a yoga class I get like, I just get like my whole body tenses up, mm. which is crazy. Right. I mean, it just like, you think that would be the last place. And, and then I also found for me, um, like I gave, I gave a speech at UCSD, university of California, San Diego two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it was in front of like, I don't know, a hundred people or whatever. And there was a part of it where there, where it was, you know, I was going to be asked a bunch of very, a bunch of different questions from this panel in front of these hundred people and, and anybody else. And and there was a networking thing after that. Anybody else probably would have gotten freaked out by the speech or like the fact that, you know, these four people are going to be throwing hard questions at you in front of a group of a hundred people or whatever. And what happens if you look like an idiot, that part didn't bother me at all. Like not even a little bit. The part that was scaring the shit out of me was the networking thing afterwards we're, like, we're all in a room and I'm one of like four speakers. So you would think that, okay, this isn't going to be that, you know, like someone's going to come up to me and talk to me, man. I was so freaked out about the networking side of it. Probably more than anything else. The speech didn't bother me at all. The questions, not at all. But the fact that I was going to have to like be in this networking thing for half an hour afterwards, I was just like, just dreading. My stomach was like all clenched up. Like, ah, hate that. Ah, wow. That's so interesting because we're, um, like you're coming from more of an extrovert's perspective and like the introvert and me it's like oh my gosh the getting up in front of the people and the panel is like my worst nightmare and the networking I could handle that sounds like oh okay that's just talking to people probably one on one that sounds more comfortable it's just so interesting how differently we're all 
wired. Yeah, yeah, like that part, you know, it doesn't the speech part doesn't bother me at all. It's the it's the it's it's not even the small talk because I don't mind I don't mind small talk. I mean it's more the the like feeling and I think that this is something that you know that kind of what you were saying before I can kind of relate to. Like you walk in a room and you just like, okay, what do I do? You know, and, and you recognize what's going on in the room and, and you try and find I think we're all trying to find our places in whatever rooms we're in. And I think mm-hmm. that, that can be really, really challenging. And it seems like, you know, anytime you're in that space, you're really just in your head the whole time. You're not really mm-hmm. in your heart that much. You're just kind of in your head and, and, and your head just, come, you know, my head at least will just start spinning out and, and, you know, thinking all these stupid, you know, stupid things. Like nobody's going to talk to me. Who do I talk to? Do I talk to that person? Oh, I'll go back over to the bar and I'll stand here and I'll ask for another glass of water and that'll kill five minutes. And, you know, <laughs> and I'll go over to the buffet. Oh, I forgot a napkin. So let me walk around the room and go back and get a napkin that I don't need, you know, like stuff like that. Right. It's, um, and what you're saying about the yoga class is interesting too, because the yoga class is actually a place where I feel super comfortable oh, because yeah. people aren't, there's no pressure to chat with anybody. It's just, it's a quiet place. Usually you go in and you can just be quiet. And that feels really good to me because another thing about introverts is we fill up in quiet and solitude. That's where our batteries get recharged. Whereas an extrovert tends to recharge in a group of people or just a like kind of a higher energy situation. Right. That's where a true extrovert's batteries get recharged and an introvert will walk into a yoga class and be like, ah, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's like it feels so good because it's quiet. It's a more intimate space. Um, you're just going to be doing like, you know, a calm, relaxing activity where you're not interacting with anyone directly for an hour or so. And that like, I get really excited about that. (laughs) What's what's really funny about that. And as you, as you know, like, so it's kind of funny. Most of my really good friends are really quiet introverts. Like (laughs) your husband, for example. Yeah. When you guys lived in town and we would go to the movies. I mean, we would drive 20 minutes to the movies, get something to eat and then watch a movie for two and a half hours and then come back, you know, drive 20 minutes home. We might say, I don't know. I might probably say like, you know, a thousand sentences and John would say like 11. And I'm like, I was, I was like, well, does John even like me? Like what? He always wants to go when I want to go, but he just, I just sit there and talk, 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 talk. And he's just kind of sitting there being quiet. And, and I feel like it's like, maybe that's like a say, you know, like as an introvert, that's just kind of how, you know, that's like the safe places to be in a, in a quieter environment, which is why the movies make sense to go to. Whereas for me, like if there's silence, like silence freaks me out. I, you know, I have to be in a, in a, in a bigger group or whatever, because if I'm just, I'm just, like, I'm doing it right now. Like I'm literally blabbing on as we're talking because we're not saying anything. And, <laughs> and I'm sitting quietly listening. Well, I was thinking about, I was but, thinking about John and how, I mean, being on the other end of like being at home when he would come home from hanging out with you. He'd have a great time. Which is And then I mean we've talked about this before, but I would ask him, So how's Jim? Fine. How are Kelly and the girls? I don't know. We didn't really talk about it. And then like, yeah, you just spent five hours with him. Right. And you have no idea what's going on in his life. But he had a great time. And like love being in your presence. He probably likes listening to you talk. It's like um it's enjoyable for him. It probably feels safe and comfortable because he's with a great friend and he doesn't have to talk or perform or anything and it's probably relaxing for him there's no pressure on him to carry the conversation because you're so good at that and he's good at just listening and just being there <laughs> so yeah he'd come home and have a great time <laughs> what you do movie. he knows nothing about your life <laughs> nothing at all zero what's funny about that is is like at any moment i would expect john to call me up or email me and say hey dude no offense, but I have no I have no interest in being friends anymore. I'm getting nothing. <laughs> I would not be surprised at all if he ever said that. I just feel like okay, that kind of makes sense. I could see where he's coming from. Like I would not, you know, just because he's he's you know definitely more introverted, and, and and I love that dude. I mean, I would, you know, if he killed somebody, I'd help him bury, bury the body. That dude, yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, it just it's just interesting. I think it's 
I think it's fascinating to look at that is how like so many people are either super introverted or super extroverted and can still have these great friendships when, you know, when people are so different. Um, so going back, so going back to the social anxiety thing. So what have you done to deal with it? What are the things that help you deal with it? Cause I really want to like help other people. Cause I feel like, you know, this is a topic that a lot of people are, you know, kind of suffer from and, and really don't necessarily know where to get answers. Yeah. Well, so some, one, like the main thing that I've done that's been helpful is just to get to know myself. And that might sound cheesy, but to understand that this is how I am, that certain situations are always going to be more challenging for me just because of the way I'm wired. And so if I can just acknowledge that and accept it, then I can say, okay, knowing this about myself, I'm not going to make myself into somebody who's just comfortable being at a big party, but I can do some things to kind of set myself up for success. And some of those things are just voicing what I'm feeling, Oftentimes when I'm going out into a social situation like that, I'm going with John and right. we've known each other for a long time and he he doesn't totally get where I'm coming from because he doesn't have the type of social anxiety that I do. But I can say to him beforehand, like if I feel myself starting to spin out as we're getting ready to go somewhere, I can say to him, I'm feeling really anxious right now. I don't want you to do anything about it. I'm just telling you. I'm feeling really anxious. I'm worried about what I'm wearing. I know nobody else cares about that. I just, I feel like I'm not going to fit in. I know once I get there, I'm going to be fine. I'm just telling you that I'm feeling really freaked out and anxious right now. And and he'll just kind of nod, you know, how John is. I know how John is. He'll just kind of nod and say, okay. And we've done this enough times that he gets that I need to just say that and get it out of my system. And that's going to help me kind of move past it. And I feel better after I've said something. Sometimes I'll eat something just like, okay, I might also be hungry because I'm kind of amped up right now. Maybe if I eat something that kind of grounds me a little bit. And then at least I'm not like... Blood sugar crashing and having social anxiety as I show up to this party. It's kind of a bad combination. Um, another thing I do is, I mean, anybody who knows me knows I love to be out in nature. Right. And part of that is just a need to be by myself and to experience solitude. Because even if I spend 10 minutes in nature, it can undo so much social anxiety and stress that I feel from being around people. So if I know we have a big thing coming up, maybe I'll go for a trail run that day or take my paddleboard out or just take the dog out onto the trail. And so I've had a chance to like recharge. Like it makes me feel safe. Okay. I've had time to myself. I've had time to recharge. Now I can go to this thing and be kind of on socially for a couple hours. And then I can come home and go to bed and like, like quiet little safe cocoon of a house. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, what's interesting about that. So, um, I find a couple things interesting about what you're saying and I, and I really appreciate you sharing, sharing this. Cause I know that, you know, it's like, it's kind of funny. Like, like I'm calling you and saying, Hey, so here's a huge problem that you have in your life or here's a big issue. That's really personal. Hey, would you mind talking about it in front of a bunch of people? And, and you're <laughs> such a good friend. You're like, yeah, sure. I don't, and, and the funny thing is it's a topic that like dealing with social anxiety and being an introvert and being on a podcast are, you know, kind of the opposite of one another. Uh, so I, I really appreciate it, but you know, one of the things I wanted to, what, what I find fascinating about what you're saying is like, and for people who don't know you, I mean, you're a gorgeous woman with a great personality, with a huge heart that everybody loves when they first meet. Like I knew, I remember when I first met you, I was like, man, she's so cool. John's so cool. I hope, you know, I remember thinking like, God, I hope I don't fuck up our friendship. <laughs> I know Kelly's not cause she's perfect. And like, if out of the four of, you know, me and my wife and you and John, I'm like, I'm kind of the, I'm kind of the outlier in terms of, of, you know, awesomeness or whatever. And, and they're just like, so it's interesting to hear you say that you've got these fears about what you're wearing or what you're going to say or having to talk to people. Um, and I think it's really cool that you're able to do that with John and, and kudos to, for John that, and to you, that you have the kind of relationship where you can say, Hey, 
I don't need you to do anything. I just need you to know, and I need you to, and I need to let this out a little bit. Um, it seems yeah. like that maybe releases some of the anxiety a little bit. Is that is that fair? To it say? does, and it wasn't always like that. I mean, for the first probably ten years of our relationship, when we'd get ready to go somewhere, I would just spin out, and oh, poor really? John would just be like totally helpless. Like he doesn't know what to do about it. He didn't know. You know, should he be doing something differently? Am I going to be spinning out when we get to the place? <laughs> you know, like, what is this tornado I'm taking to this party and how's that going to go? I think that was his perspective. But I didn't know how to handle it. I was trying to fight it all the time. You know, I would know I felt anxious, but I was trying to fight it and, you know, tell myself I shouldn't be feeling like this. I should be able to just get over it. But since I've been able to just say, you know what, this is who I am. <laughs> this is how I feel right now. Yeah. I, it's easier for me to voice that and it's easier for him to understand it. And what's interesting is um, in my family, a lot of us are socially anxious. And I remember having this conversation with my sister one day, I was getting ready to go somewhere and I called her and I just said, I just want to tell you this because I know you'll understand. I'm freaking out about going to this thing. I'm like, want to go shopping right now to buy a new outfit, but I know that it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. I could go to the store and spend $5,000 on the perfect clothes. I mean, not that I would ever spend it on clothes, but just to the extreme, I could go buy what's like, I consider the perfect outfit and I still would feel this feeling. So like, I get that it's not about how I look or what I'm wearing, but all this stuff bubbles up. Every single time I go to like a party where there's going to be more than like six people. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, it is. It's awesome to have a partner who, you know, John is like the solid rock. And even if rock. he doesn't understand what I'm going through, he knows now that when I'm spinning out and just saying, hey, I'm feeling anxious and doing all this routine before we go out. He knows that all he needs to do <laughs> Is just sit there and listen. He usually says something really sweet like, well, you look great and it's going to be fine. And that's it. And, it, and that and that calms everything down. Yeah, it's just like he's not he's not trying to fix it. He's not trying to convince me that of anything. He's not trying to make me what I'm not. He's just yeah. like, OK, <laughs> you're feeling anxious. But you look great. I know it's going to be fine. You know, let me know when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the birthday party and have a blast. Yeah. <laughs> What's cool about that too is, I mean, it, I think it's, I think it's great that you've been able to accept that, Hey, this is just kind of who I am. I, I think that's such a huge piece of life. Like I feel like, you know, with anybody, it doesn't matter who, it, who it is just being, just getting to the point where you can just kind of accept like, this is who I am, you know, like, I find I find it interesting, like when we, um, uh, like a couple weeks ago, I posted something on Facebook and I, I used that picture of John Bon Jovi and you came out and you're like, oh, I've had a huge crush on John Bon Jovi my entire life. I mean, I almost fell off my chair at the office when I read that. I, that was like, that seriously is probably the funniest thing and the most interesting thing I've probably read all year. It's just hysterical. But That's that so just funny. Comes, huh? That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, it just, but I think it's so cool because like you just kind of accept who you are. And I think that's one of the reasons that I, I find you to be just such a cool person um, is that you just kind of accept who you are. And I, I think that's a huge thing. It's not just a confidence builder. It's not just something that um, allows you to deal with social anxiety, but being able to accept who you are just makes life so much easier. Like, like I've kind of gotten to that point with myself. Like I kind of accept like, you know what? I'm going to be the 46 year old guy who wears a tank top, you know, and he's not going to worry about it. Like, I'm just not going to, I don't care if some of my stuff comes off cheesy. I just don't care. Like I, and I don't care if like some of my football friends think, you know, I'm, you know, not as masculine because I'm okay with sharing my feelings and I don't care about crying in front of other people or any of that. Like I just, you just kind of get to a point where you just accept who you are and everything else kind of goes easier at that point. I feel like, I feel like, you know, we may not, like those situations you may not love going to a party i might hate walking into a yoga class but i feel good about kind of who i am as a person and i accept who i am as a person which sounds like you do too it just makes it kind of easier yeah for the most part i mean not that i don't have moments of 
you know, not feeling good about who I am. I think we all have insecurities that bubble up, but I think with the social anxiety piece, just accepting, accepting that instead of resisting it makes such a difference because resistance causes more anxiety and tension. Does it cause you more to spin out more when you were doing it, when you were resisting it? Yeah. So if you know you're socially anxious and you're trying to resist that as you're going into an already uncomfortable situation, it's just going to amp up the anxiety. At least that's been my experience. So um, I just think it, it kind of changed things in a big way for me when I learned to just say, okay, I'm anxious. I'm feeling anxious right now. And I'm probably going to feel anxious till I get there. And I kind of know the drill by now. <laughs> It just puts me more at ease than way back when, when I would be like, I feel anxious and I don't want to feel anxious and I would just be spinning and spinning and spinning. and Right. And you're like resisting it the whole way. Yeah. So. Wow. That's cool. What's interesting. I was doing some research on this earlier and in, in terms of social anxiety, people who are a little bit more socially anxious and deal with social anxiety and also who are, are, sort of lean more towards being introverts, there's actually studies that show that that is, uh, that relates to higher intelligence and higher IQs. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I thought, and I'm going to put that in the show, in the show notes, there's a a blog called higherperspectives.com. It came from that. And it's pretty interesting to see like how, how social anxiety specifically is, is, does relate to higher IQ, higher uh, empathetic or empathetic, emotional states and higher intelligence. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So what advice would you give to other people who deal with social anxiety? Like, you know, what would you let, let me, I'll give you a, I'll, I'll set up. So you've got a friend who is incredibly socially anxious and she's going to a party. Well, um, Yeah, I guess, first of all, like we've been talking about it, I would say just accept the feelings that you're having. Acknowledge what you're feeling. Acknowledge it as anxiety, fear. Maybe you can get in touch with what specifically the fear is. Am I afraid of having to make small talk? Am I afraid because or anxious because I don't know a lot of people there? If that's what it is, then maybe you could focus on the people you do know that are there, you know, instead of thinking about, all the people you're not going to know, you could think, well, but I do know this person. So maybe I'll come up with a plan. And when I get there, I'll look for that person. And for me personally, once I'm there and kind of have broken the ice a little bit, then I can feel more ease. Um, do you feel like you want, when you go to places, do you want to get there earlier on time or late? Sometimes, oftentimes getting there on the earlier side helps a lot. If you can be one of the first people there, there's a good chance you can get into a conversation with someone before the party gets really big or before a lot of people start arriving that you don't know. So you can, you can get there and kind of the room fills up around you. That's a lot less overwhelming than walking in and the parties that go in full force and everyone's already kind of having their conversations and then you have to insert yourself somewhere. Oh God, that's the worst. Um, so yeah, that's a really good question and a good point to bring up. It's getting there on the earlier side, I find is um, a lot more comfortable than coming into like the middle of things. Right. And later... I mean, later can be the same way, too. I find that with a lot of big gatherings, as things start to wind down, it gets more quiet and intimate, and, like, people have started to leave, and there's not quite as much, like, high energy in the room. Right. Um, So later can be good, too. But, um, yeah. And another thing that I forgot to mention earlier is that something that I've learned that's been really helpful is I don't have to go to everything that I'm invited to. And... For me, it's been so important just to check in with myself. Well, you have to go, go to all the stuff we invite you to. You know that, right? Well, yeah, and yeah. I want to do that. Okay. <laughs> um, um, I going to say, but so I'll check in with myself now, and if I'm feeling a lot of anxiety about a certain event or situation, I'm like, 
I don't actually have to go to this. And as soon as I let myself off the hook, I'm like, wow. That's cool. <laughs> I just I just let go of so much unnecessary anxiety that I'm feeling about this thing that I don't even want to go to. I don't have to go. It's okay to say no. It's okay to decline an invitation. If someone invites you to a big party they're having and you're just really uncomfortable with it, you can say, you know, thanks, I'm not going to be able to make it, but maybe we could go out for coffee next week, you know, and connect with that person. Right. Um, but I used to just say yes to everything, even things I didn't want to do necessarily. And that's even more uncomfortable because, like, well, now I've committed and I don't want to go, but I'm going to because I said I would. Oh. Uh, it just adds to the anxiety. So now I just kind of pick and choose the things I go to. And if I know it's a situation I'm going to be completely miserable at because it's just going to be loud and I'm not going to be able to have conversations with people, then I probably just won't go. That's awesome. So then, so that's cool. So you, you can let yourself off the hook by just saying, by just saying no to it. Right. And there are some things I feel anxious about and, you know, kind of fearful about, but I still want to do them mm-hmm. and then I'll buck up and go. But <laughs> But I'm saying no to a lot more things now, too. Like, well, that I know myself well enough to know I'm not going to be comfortable in that situation. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't sound like something I want to do today, so I'm not going to do that. Huh. That's cool. That's super cool if you're able to do that. I think that that's – I feel like, you know, a, such a big part of our lives, we all say yes to so much stuff. I find myself saying yes to stuff, and I'm just like – why am I saying yes to that? Like, I don't get anything out of that and it's not really helping anybody else. Why am I doing this? Like it makes, you know, it's, it's pointless. Like my, my big thing is I can't stand going to networking events. Mm-hmm. So I say no to those a lot just because just like you're saying, like I would rather just, you know, text the person and just say, Hey, let's go get coffee or let's go get lunch and talk to them one-on-one than mm-hmm. go to a networking event with a, you know, with a thousand people. Because I found that, you know, when I was, when I was the beginning of my career, going to a lot of networking events when I was single, you know, there were really only a couple of reasons people went to networking events. You went to meet somebody and get laid. You went to try and get business or you went to try and kind of build your brand or find, you know, something, you know, something like that. You know, you you weren't really going for any other reasons than those three reasons. Mm-hmm. And and that just kind of gets exhausting after a while. It's just kind of like, well, why am I doing this? You know, I just, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of networking events. Um, I don't mind them once I'm there, but I just don't sometimes see the purpose of them. Right. And so that doesn't, if you're not going to grow from that or get something out of it, then yeah, maybe look at the people that are going. And if they're, if you know certain people are going to go and that's who you want to connect with, maybe invite those people out for lunch, like you're saying. And I mean, on the other side, I do think it's important that we do things that we're uncomfortable with and that stretch us sometimes because... I mean, there's growth there too. So I'm not saying like we should all just avoid the things that make us uncomfortable, but I do think you can be more discerning and say, well, you know, if you're invited to a networking event and you think, well, I don't really think this is going to benefit me or that I have something to offer to this event. So I may just reach out and connect with a few people that are going to it because that feels more purposeful than just showing up just because I got invited. Right, 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 right. What other, are there any other times that social anxiety pops up for you? Um, for me, it's a, it's a daily occurrence. And for example, going to pick the kids up from school. It's funny because the hallway, I mean, I love our school and all the people there. It's wonderful. It's a great group of people. But you walk in the front doors and everybody's there to pick up their kids. And all the kids are coming out of the classrooms. And I call it the gauntlet. <laughs> you walk in, and there's just all these people to get past. And, again, lovely people who I love to chat with. But I know that in that 10 minutes it takes for me to walk down the hallway, get both of my kids, and get back in the car is exhausting. And yeah. for, it is, it just is. It's um, I... 
it's, it's hard to explain, but it's just, there's so much energy that goes out of me just walking in, saying hi to people, maybe having a quick conversation with four or five different people. It's loud. There's a lot of commotion going on. And I can't wait to just get back in the car and come home. Wow. <laughs> um, fortunately for me, now that we're living in Bend, what's available for me to do in Bend is like all the things that I love and that really right. fill me up. There's so much outdoor recreation stuff. So a lot of times when the kids are at school, I'll, I'll get out almost every day, even if it's just for an hour to go for a trail run or paddleboard or in the winter snowshoe just something to get me out. So I'm feeling pretty balanced with like, I get my time alone in nature. I get the stuff done. I need to get done. So I'm feeling pretty at ease. I go pick up the kids. I can handle the 10 minutes of stress and picking them up and then I can come back home. Um, But, and it's not any one thing I feel anxious about. It's not, it's just, walking into a sea of people where there's going to be a lot of noise and a lot of conversations going on. And then when the kids come out of the classroom, they're telling me about their day, which I really want to focus on. I want to be totally present for them, but I feel like I can't because there's all this other noise going on. They're asking for a play date. Right. (laughs) This is all happening. It's all happening all at once. While there's like 200 people in the hallways and I'm just like, Ah, I, I picture like a tea kettle, you know, and it's just getting ready to start screeching. That's how I feel when it's like the more stimulation that comes in, my brain is just like overload. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, it's, it's really interesting to hear that. I mean, it, it's, you know, and I, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about kind of things that I'm thinking about the process that you go through of like, if you're, you know, tr- you know, you know, you're going to go into a stressful situation, even though it's going to be a short period of time, 10 minutes, whatever it is, and how you're prepping yourself for that beforehand by being in nature and, you know, sort of embracing this stillness and being outside. I think what's, what's great about what you're doing is, is that you're re- you know, you recognize and you're accepting how you're going to feel. That's the first thing, but then you're also sort of pre-planning for it and you, and you have a game plan set up. So you're like, okay. I know this is going to be challenging, so I'm going to go for an hour trail trail run today beforehand just because I know that I'll feel better. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people don't do that. I think a lot of people, and I think that that's great advice for anyone who's listening. Like if you are so, you know, if you're, you know, if you're socially anxious or, or introverted at all is to do, do the things that fill you up beforehand and mm-hmm. and relax you beforehand. I know how I am. Like I know like with if I have, you know, big meetings or whatever, or if I've got a lot of um bigger stuff coming up, I need to exercise and I need to either go do CrossFit, you know, which I think I've talked about a couple of times before. So I won't do that here. Uh, you mentioned it. <laughs> I have been to CrossFit a few times, CrossFit Society and Zombies. Yeah, I mean a couple times here and there. And I, I try not to make a big deal out of it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but, but like, I need, I know I need to do those things. And, and I also find it, <clears throat> what's fascinating about what you're saying is like, when you think about being in the woods and going for hikes where it's totally quiet and totally still, Jesus, that freaks me out. Like where mm-hmm. you're totally at home in that, man, that like just completely freaks me out. Like I love being in nature and I love, but I like being like kind of in the ocean when there's like stuff going on and there's movement and, and. Yeah, like it just like what you're saying, you know, that like going for like a long trail run. I'm just like, it sounds cool, but I know how I would how I would be if I went for like a long hike or something. I would be, I think I'd be a little bit freaked out by that. Um, well, you'd probably feel the same way in that situation as I do when I walk into a group of people, and it like yeah. it's so interesting. Everything I've read on introverts and extroverts is it is. Like that, like what I feel going into a big social situation is likely what some an extrovert feels going into a situation that's like quiet. Yeah, not to say that introverts can't thrive in a noisy environment and extroverts can't thrive in a quiet environment. I don't want to overgeneralize, but I do. I do think, kind of as a rule, we both tend towards one or the other. I mean, we each tend towards one or the other. Yeah, I already agree. What what books have you read about 
intro, like being an introvert or social anxiety that were helpful for you? The most helpful thing that I've ever read about it is there's a book called by Susan Kane and it's called quiet. And then there's like kind of a subheading and I'm blanking on what that is right now. Something about the power of introverts. Um, and it was so helpful and informative because she, she herself is an introvert and she has studied the differences and her book is written from a perspective of, um, just kind of facts. It's not making one or the other right or wrong. It's just like, this is how an introvert might think and feel in this situation versus this is how an extrovert might think and feel in this situation. And she's talking about the differences between the two. And she also addresses the issue of in our society, or at least in our culture, it seems that the extrovert tends to be celebrated. And she's not saying that as a negative thing at all, but just as an observation And so she gives advice to introverts as far as, like, how can we thrive in this more extrovert-centered world? How can the introvert find their place and be okay with who they are? Oh, that's Um, awesome. I'm going to put that in the show notes. It's Quiet by Susan Cain. Yeah. Okay, I'll put that in there. She also has a podcast called, it's just called Quiet, The Power of Introverts. And there's, there are two podcasts I listen to and it's yours and it's hers. And, um, she, in her podcast, she speaks more to, um, raising introverted kids. Mm -hmm. A lot of her topics have been about, and it's so helpful to me, even though I am an introvert. Right. I don't always recognize the same thing in my kids. At least one of my kids is at least as introverted as I am. And it's been helpful for me to get reminded by Susan King's podcast about like what it's like for my kids to navigate school just because it's been a long time since I've been in that situation. And, you know, I think every conference I've gone to with at least one, one of my kids' teachers, they talk about how my daughter needs to speak up more in class. And, um, participating group discussions and Susan Kane addresses this this issue like that specific issue and it's like well for the introvert they actually do better kind of observing and taking everything in and if they feel the pressure to speak up it detracts from their learning because they're they're so worried about what they're going to say and when is the right time to say it that they lose they're not able to focus on right. what's happening in the class. And um, anyway, she addresses things like that and gives tips for <laughs> teachers and for parents on how to, how to just help an introvert accept who they are, how to help other people realize that there's nothing wrong with being an introvert or having social anxiety. No, I think how, can, how can we create environments that support who they are too? Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. And I, and I see, you know, I see that, I see that happen a lot in my life and in, you know, whether it's business or school or whatever, but I see how like the extrovert is celebrated. I mean, and I'm saying this being an extrovert. So like, it's like, you know, it works in my favor almost all the time, Mm -hmm. but it, it is really interesting. Like, you know, we were at a school meeting recently and it was, you know, kind of going around the, uh, campfire literally and everyone was talking about what that what they loved about my daughter's school and you know all the stuff and there were there was this just one guy who just kept interrupting people and and he's extroverted and super opinionated and you know usually it's me who's interrupting everybody which was, <laughs> which was really weird but you know, he was and I and I just <clears throat> man I was getting so annoyed listening to him and there's this you know someone had said what you know this other dad had said someone who's a little bit more introverted had said something that I thought was really interesting and unique and, you know, really heartfelt. And and I wanted to hear more from him, but the extrovert guy kept interrupting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like let, <laughs> let him talk. And, and I find that like, and I see that in business too. It's like, it almost seems like some of the ideas, some of the things that get enacted in the world have largely been because an extrovert just talked over someone else. Um, I, I was in a board meeting once for uh, this nonprofit, uh, 
this board I was on and there's, you know, there's like 10 people in the room or whatever. And they, we just went off on this tangent about it was something stupid, some marketing thing or something. And one of the guys in the room who was just kind of like, you know, really extroverted start, just started going off and just saying, okay, well, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And, and it was just a bad idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was just one of those things where like you just on the surface, anybody would look at it and say like, okay, this is a horrible idea. Why are we doing it? And they ended up doing the idea largely because, and not doing, you know, this other woman who's a little bit more introverted. She had a great idea, I thought. And, and no one really backed her idea because she really wasn't loud and demonstrative about the idea. And this guy who was, and was just kind of really talking loud and, and was super extroverted about his idea. That's the idea that got enacted. And it was a dumb idea. Right. Well, and this is, um, these are the exact things that Susan Cain addresses in that book, Quiet. And, and again, she's just addressing them from an observational standpoint. It's not, she's not making one right or wrong. She's just observing that in the workplace and at schools, the extroverted person does tend to get their ideas heard more, even if they're terrible ideas. Yeah, but it's but just so because dumb. they're typically more charismatic and people will follow along with them. Um, meanwhile, the introvert's sitting there with like inventing a computer. Or <laughs> I mean, you look at some of the greatest inventors and creative people, and they more often than not, they're very introverted people. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, f- I think that, you know, I see that in, in other business meetings too. Like my, my thing now is like in a business meeting, I'm always looking at the person who is the quietest because usually they're the ones who have the most interesting approach or the most unique novel ideas. And it's the guy who's talking super loud who's really not, you know, probably as as <laughs> as interesting or as uh, uh, as important as what the other person is saying. Well, and one thing, yeah, that, I mean, that's a good point. And one thing that Susan Cain talks about, too, is that in a group discussion, it would be more beneficial for the more introverted kids, and this is in a classroom setting, or like you're talking about in a meeting, it would be more beneficial for the introverts if a question was posed, and then there was like a few minutes allowed for everyone to just kind of mull it over before anyone spoke. Right. Because what ends up happening is, and what I've what I've read, and I don't know if this is true, but it's like the extrovert tends to think out loud, and so they have something to say right away. They might be thinking through it, but they're doing it vocally. They're they're speaking as they're thinking about it, whereas the introvert thinks about it and then speaks. And so, what she suggested is in that group setting, the question could be posed, and then. Like, everybody think about it. In a couple minutes, we're going to talk about it. And that gives the introvert time (laughs) to come up with something, and they'd be more likely to share their idea if they've had a couple minutes to think about it. Right. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. And not be so overshadowed by, you know, like in classroom settings, there's oftentimes one kid who's always shouting out the answer. And so maybe the introverts aren't participating because maybe – Maybe there's no space for them to participate. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, that that's a good point. And I would think that if I was an introvert, I, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, <laughs> Why? You know, that that dude's ideas are stupid. Like, I, I'm building a computer over here, and he's like trying to count the ten with a bunch of sticks. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm listening to him. You know, <laughs> and I think you're right too. Like, as an extrovert, it's like you know. And as you know, I have zero filter between what I'm thinking and what I'm saying. Like literally as I'm thinking it is coming out of my mouth. And, <laughs> and then, you know, two minutes later, I'm like, holy shit, what am I, what am I saying? <laughs> it's interesting to, to think about how introverts process it a little bit more and need a, a little bit more time to formulate their thoughts. It's actually kind of a better way to do things. And, you know, I think. Well, cool. yeah, I don't know that one way is necessarily better or worse it's just it, it's just different and there are situations where it's more beneficial to have the person that can just like come out with the answer right away like you were talking about um at the beginning of our conversation you were talking about getting up in front of a big group of people and there's a panel there in that situation the extrovert is going to handle that a lot better because when there's a panel asking questions or someone asking questions to a panel either way You've got to be on and you've got to be able to respond 
right away just to keep the flow going. Right. And so in that situation, the extrovert's going to going to shine in that situation where the introvert, I mean, can you imagine an introvert no, <laughs> fielding a bunch of like rapid fire questions? It would just be overwhelming for them. They might need time to think about each one and then that might get boring or irritating for the people listening. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, talking about this. Any other, any final thoughts about this? I don't think so. Um, thank you for having me on, and hopefully some of what I've talked about makes sense to more people than just me. <laughs> I think it does, and I think I think I think what's cool about something like this is that, you know, we all have these, you know, and you and you've read enough about my stuff and, and Jen also has been nice enough to review the book that I'm writing like five times and and, and and so thank you for that because it's finally almost done. But I mean, and it's awesome when you, when it's finally published, you should all go out and buy it. Yes. You should all buy like 5,000 copies of. Yeah. At least. Yeah. It's not going to be out soon, but, but what I was going to say was part of the reason of writing the book and, and doing this, you know, kind of doing this work is like, and, and help trying to help people have epic lives is like one of the big things to realize is like, being able to accept yourself who you are is such a great starting point for everything else. And, and what's really cool about you being on today and talk, being willing to even talk about something like social anxiety and being an introvert is it's just cool because so many people have these types of feelings or have different levels of social anxiety, depending on what's going on um, in their lives or what events they're going to. And, And I think we've all felt that way going to a party and, being anxious about what's going to happen, what am I wearing, all that stuff, and, and so it's, I really appreciate you talk, being willing to talk about it and and express those feelings. I think you've you've probably given a lot of people who are listening um, some comfort. You know, that's kind of the feeling I'm. You know, that I feel is like you've been able to give people some comfort in telling people that hey, this is normal. Like we all feel this way. That you're not the only person who feels that way. And then also give some good advice on in terms of what you do to get ready for those and how you deal with it and how you're able to accept yourself. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I owe you so much for being here and doing this. Well, thank you. And thank you for even addressing the topic. I mean, for a, for an introvert, I mean, for an extrovert to address this topic to try to help people with social anxiety or introversion, I think it's awesome. It just gets, keeps the conversation going and it, this helps people understand each other a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Totally. And, and I'm telling you, one of these days, I'm going to go to the movies with your husband, and he's just going to lay all of his feelings out. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm recording. And he's just going to turn into a blubbering mess. He's going to be crying, sharing all of his pent up emotions and feelings. It's, I, I, I'm going to be there for that day. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank Jim. you so much. All right. Thanks bye. for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for checking out the Make Life Epic podcast. Check us out online at makelifeepic.com. And I hope you have a fantastic day. Look forward to talking to you soon.